Good morning, everyone. Yes, let's turn in our Bibles and uh, let's turn to Matthew, or pardon me, John chapter 17. And while you're turning there, they've asked me to do a couple announcements just for, if you came through the front, through the lobby here, you saw some tables that are set up in the back there. During the summer months, um, we run into a few hiccups, you know, with Sunday school teachers and helpers and all. People are on vacation and all. Uh, Kind of a seasonal thing. Um, Well, that's not true. We're always in need of help. Um, But if you guys want to learn more about the certain ministries that are back there where you could help us out this summer, I'd appreciate it if you swing by and just talk to the people that are standing behind those tables. If you are visiting your first time here, we are uh, kind of in the middle of studying the life and the ministry of Jesus. And, uh, well, I guess we're not really in the middle. We're coming... We're coming close to the end of his life, um, John chapter 11, and uh, not, not, I have a lot more sermons, it's just Jesus did a lot more teaching towards the end of his life than he did the beginning, uh, so we'll, we'll probably even be here in John chapter 11 for about three weeks, um, because I'm only going to cover um, the first 20, 21 verses here, so if you'd be kind enough and read along with me. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, uh, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, well, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days and uh, still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith to his disciples, let's go into Judea again. Well, his disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou hither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day, if any man walk in the day? He stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walks in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto him, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I'll go, and I may wake him, uh, him up out of his sleep. The disciples of the Lord said, Well, if he's asleep, he shall do well. How bit Jesus spake uh, of his death, but they, they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. And then said Jesus unto them plainly, well, Lazarus is dead. I am glad for your sake that I was not there. To the intent that you might believe, may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Dynamis, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we might die with him. Good old Thomas, huh? Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the the grave for four days already. Now, Bethany was nine unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, about just close to two miles. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And then Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming, she went and met him, and Mary sat still in the house. And then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord... If thou had been here, my brother had not died. Would you be kind enough to stand with me once more and pray over the scriptures? 
Father, again, we thank you for your word. There's no accidents. There's no coincidence with you, Lord. And we know, Father, that we can just open this book and start to read it. Your Holy Spirit, Lord, would make so, so much rhyme and reason out of it for our lives. Lord, I'm praying that, Lord, I, you know, that your word is anointed, you know, as it is, but that also our minds and our hearts would be anointed as well to receive from you this morning, God. And Lord, for those, Lord, that just might be just weighed down, just have, have, they have a heavy heart. Please, Lord, just for such a time as this, can you lighten that burden and give them ears to hear what your, your spirit wants to say to them? Give them those ears to hear. Again, Father, we just pray that you're glorified through this study. In Jesus' name, and everyone said together. All right, buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. As I had uh, kind of mentioned earlier about titling sermons, I I don't normally do that. And... uh, um, but again, and I'll probably repeat this a couple times about, you know, what do we do? How do we react? You know, when the Lord does delay, delays in answering a prayer or he delays in just showing up when we need him. And uh, you're going to find that this is going to be very helpful in your walk with him. At least it's been very helpful over the years for me. Again, in verse 1, it says, There was a certain man that he was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town Mary and her sister Martha. Now, again, this is just kind of shy of two miles away from Jerusalem. It's on the other side of the Mount of Olives, if you like looking at those biblical maps and stuff. But it's more towards the wilderness side. Now, in chapter 10, we kind of looked at, of Luke, we kind of looked at Mary and Martha already, and we just noticed these are sisters indeed, but two different personalities. You've got Mary, who's a worshiper, and she loves sitting at Jesus' feet. We're going to see in a couple weeks where she literally sits at his feet and then washes his feet with her hair and this, this costly perfume. Martha's a different gal. She just, she's a go-getter. She likes to work, and, you know, she's just always busy, you know, and, um, and, and neither one of those personalities are wrong, and the, the, that's what I like about the body of Christ. If you look around here, there's all sorts of personalities. We have some really characters in this church, and, uh, but can you imagine if we all had the same personality as Juan, you know, or Jerry? You know, the king of jokes. Nothing would get done. We would just tell jokes all day long. Um, the guy needs deliverance, I'm telling you. I, it, it, I, he need, yeah, we start sending him the missing, missing piece. But anyway, verse 2, it says that uh, it was Mary who anointed the Lord with the fragrant oil, wiped his, his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, this hasn't happened yet. This is sort of like a commentary that the Holy Spirit has given us. This will, this will happen in a couple of weeks. We'll study it. I'll read the text to you so you'll, you know what took place there. This is in John 12, verse 3. Then Mary took a pound of costly, very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and then wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil, spikenard, costly, probably 
her dowry. We really don't even know where it came from, but um, the, 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 the fragrance of it just lingers. In fact, no, many scholars believe that when Jesus is on trial, that even Pontius Pilate would be able to still smell that, that spikenard that was on Jesus from, from our friend here, Mary. And verse 3, it says, Therefore the sister sent to him and said, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now, Jesus isn't a couple miles away. Jesus is roughly around 20 miles from where Bethany is. He's, on, he's close to the Jordan River. He's probably in that area where Johnny, Johnny the B, Johnny, John Bap, the, the Baptist uh, was baptizing. So he's about 20 miles even further into the wilderness. Um, the thing that I want you to notice about um, verse 3, and, and so helpful, especially in our prayer lives, where it, where it said, look, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. He, he, no, notice he doesn't say the one who loves you. And, and, and listen, guys, the reason I think that, is, that is, it's important is because when we pray, we don't pray on the basis of our love for him. We pray on the basis of his love for us. You know, and the reason why is because our love is, is, it can be fickle sometimes. And I'll throw out my laundry. I would never want to embarrass anyone here. But sometimes my prayer life is inconsistent. Sometimes it's, it's even unpredictable, you know. But his love towards us is always unconditional. And it never varies. It, it'll never change, you know. The, but the thing about that verse, the, you know, the one whom you love, at first I thought for sure when I would look into the, it would be agape love. That divine, God-given, you, Lord, you've got this supreme love for Lazarus, you know. But when I dug into it a little deeper, it's not. It's literally, it's phileo. And phileo is where we get the word brotherly love. We also can translate it in friendship. So you sit there and you think about that, you know. Because in my mind, in my heart, I know God loves me. In fact, I, I even believe in, that he has to love me because... It is his, in his nature. It is him. He is love. He doesn't love. He is love. It's, it's one of his attributes. It's one of the divine gifts that are given when the Holy Spirit baptizes someone in his spirit. It's a divine, non-reciprocal, no strings attached to it. Whoo, agape love. But that's not what he uses here. See, in my mind, I go like this, gang. I go, well, he has to love me. But I wonder if he wants to be a friend with me. Because my love isn't like that. My love is fickled. It changes. Oh, no, no, don't get me wrong, folks. There's some times where I'm, you know, I have the word and I'm just sitting alone and, I, and, and it's that love. I'm so in love. But then I go through my valleys like everyone else does. And then I start to question, how much do I really love you? And will I bail out? Lord, give me the strength. I'm doubting you now. I got fear grip in my heart and it goes on and on and on. But when I, when, when, when my prayer life is based on his love for me, and I can pray it with all honesty. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I can pray in his will by just saying, God, I'm not sure the rhyme and reasons. I don't know why I'm going through this thing. You know, like Mary and Martha, Lord, my, my kid brother is sick. Why? The second thing that I, well, well, well before I go any further than that, if you're thinking, well, how, how do you know that for sure? with the friendship and all. Well, Jesus himself said that, not, not just me. 
Jesus said in John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lays down his life for his what? His friends. Now listen, he goes on and says, and you are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, for a servant knoweth not what his Lord does, but I have called you friends. And for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made them known unto you. That's the kind of friend he wants to be with us. And he has the right to do that. The second thing I notice in that verse is they didn't tell the Lord what to do. They only informed him. They didn't come and say, you know, you've got to come quickly. You've got to do the same thing you did with blind Bartimaeus or the man, man that was lame or the guy with the withered hand. They just said, here's the situation. Here it is. It's not, the, it's not commanding the Lord. It's communing with the Lord. I mean, just think about it. Who would we, who would we be or what... To direct God, to tell God what to do. See, that's my pet peeve with some of the ministries that are out there today. Where they demand that the Holy Spirit does something. Or they demand that God does something about that. When the disciples came to the Lord and said, would you teach us to pray? That's a model prayer that we can all look at and, and study. You know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, your will be done on earth as it is what? In heaven. I could ask for a million things, but ultimately, you know, God, where the rubber meets the road, I, I just want your, whatever your will is in heaven. That's what I want in my life. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13 says this, and listen to it carefully. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or, or has his counselor or as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the paths of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the, the way of understanding? It's rhetorical. No one, because he's all knowing. So just for a second, imagine if Mary and Martha sent these messengers with a direct commandment. You get here promptly and you do something for our brother Lazarus. They just said, no, the one that you love, Lord. He is very, very sick. Look at verse 4 with me. When Jesus heard that, he said, Well, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, that is the very message that these messengers had brought back to Bethany. Now, just for a second, imagine. Now, I'll try to do a little timeline for you. Lazarus becomes sick, and he gets sicker, and he gets sicker. And so they said, oh, wait a minute, where's Jesus? So he's 20 miles away, you know. Okay, send, send a word to him that the guy that he loves, his friend, is really ill right now. So my timeline is correct. As soon as the messengers left, Lazarus dies. They don't know it. They get to Jesus. Hey, the one you love, Lord, the, your buddy, He's sick. Oh, Jesus said, well, that sickness isn't unto death, but he's already dead. So the messengers ha have to come back. So when the messengers come, follow, follow this along with messengers come back. And they start to hear the dirge, the songs, the funeral songs. They start to see the men who were hired to throw up dirt in the air and go through the mourning process. They see a body that's wrapped in burial cloth. And there's Mary and Martha saying, okay, what did Jesus say? 
Imagine the confusion. Well, he, he, he said that this sickness, it wasn't unto death. And just imagine the confusion and the heartache and the, you know, as they're looking at their brother, placing him into, into a tomb, and yet Jesus said it's not unto death. Listen, I don't know really why we go through difficult times. But I can tell you this, that when we do go through difficult times, the sole purpose of it is to glorify God through it. You remember that story in John 9 where Jesus passed by. There's a man who was born blind there from birth. And the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? Did the, the man or the parents uh, sin? And that's why he was born blind. Jesus said this. Neither this man or his parents sin, but the works of God should be revealed in him. The works of God being revealed in him. You know where he said there back in verse 4, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Why? That the Son of God may be glorified. That word glorified literally can be translated doxa, which means glory, supreme. But it also can be translated to worship. That the reason why Lazarus has passed away is because he knows it's going to take him four days to get there. But he knows that when he gets there, Mary and Martha will worship him along with everyone else. Gang, that's what, I, that's what I believe. I believe that everything that we go through, the reason God does that is so ultimately the people around us, and even including ourselves, will start to worship him because all things will work out for the good to them that love him and are called according to Well, how? You don't know what pit I'm in. I know, I don't. But you're not in a tomb somewhere. And you're not wrapped up in burial cloth. And you don't have a brother or sister quite yet that's questioning whether Jesus cares for you or not. And that's where they are. And he goes, no, this is so that eventually these people around me are going to glorify and worship me. Keep that in mind the next time you go through something heavy, folks. And we all will. We all will go through something heavy. Verse 5, it says, and now Jesus loved Martha and Mary. Well, it doesn't say Mary, does it? It says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And I'm glad because every time we read of these two, these sisters, we're always thinking about Mary. Ah, man, I I would be a Mary. How many of us would be a Mary? You know, sure, all heads up. And who's going to be the the one in the kitchen belly aching and saying, aren't you going to have my sister come in here and help? But to see the Lord loves them both and he loves them both equally. Because they're, again, forgive me for being redundant, but... Listen, can you imagine if everybody just stayed in this sanctuary and we did nothing but worship? Who would take care of the kids? Who, who would do the security around the building to make sure we're all safe while we're worshiping the Lord? Listen, gang, God loves every one of us equally. And he understands that we're, I might be the hand to the body. You might be the, the foot of the body. Well, who wants to be the foot? Uh, sorry if you're the foot. Uh, we try to paint them things. We file them. We try to make them look good. But anyway, they're still feet. Jesus said in John fifteen nine, as the Father loved me, so I have loved you. You want to know this, this love that we, we should have one for another? Just examine the love the Father had for the Son. And that's the love the, the Son has, has for us. And that's the love we should have one for another. Look at verse 6 with me. So when he had heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. You would think there would be a different reaction. 
He stays for two more days. Remember, it's a day traveling to get the message to him. He stays two more days. Now he's coming back. That's why the scripture says he was in that tomb for close to four days. After this, he said to his disciples, well, let's go to Judea again. Disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you and you're going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12, 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in. In, in other words, gang, it, while it's still, Jesus saying, while it's still daylight, while, while, while God has given me this time period to work in, I'm, in, I, I'm literally, I am um, indestructible. And, you know, you, you get that. They couldn't have touched him. I mean, there were times where they wanted to get, get their hands on Jesus, and he just would walk through their midst. Why? Because God wasn't done with his son yet. Just like you and I. Now, now listen. And, and listen, Kevin. You are indestructible. While it's still light, while God's still showing you things, does that mean we're going to live forever? Listen. We're all going to die. But when we die, it'll be according to a divine appointment. Paul told the Christians there, it's, it's appointed unto man once to die. There is, we all have an appointment for that experience. And we're going to see that Jesus is going to look at death as sleep. I'll deal with that in a second. Like you're, take, you're, losing, you're, you're, you're taking your last breath, but you're... Inhaling your first breath going into eternity. Living forever with the Lord. Verse 11 said, These things he said, and after that he had said unto them, Our friend Lazarus is asleep, but let us go that I may wake him up. And the Lord said, Well, Lord, if he sleeps, well, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But that he thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. And so Jesus had to speak to him plainly. Guys, Lazarus is dead. See, again, Jesus likens death to sleep. And the reason I probably, I want to kind of tap the brakes a little bit is because there is this teaching, a doctrine, a thing called soul sleep. Now, are they Christians, not Christians? I, I don't know. Listen, a person who's trusting in the death, burial, resurrection, Jesus forgives them. That's why you go to heaven, your faith in Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves, right? So we always say we're pantheologists. When we get to heaven, it'll all pan out. But soul sleep, there's nothing in the Bible that speaks of soul sleep. There are some people that believe a Christian dies. He's there in a state of sleep, soul sleep. And when the rapture happens, then you're woken up and you're taken up. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be directly in the presence of Jesus. So that that's what the Bible teaches. So it doesn't know... Of, of anything about soul sleep. Paul used the same imagery, by the way. When he talked to the Christians in Thessalonica, he, still, he said the same thing about sleep, but it talked about death. Same thing to the Christians in Corinth. He uses the same lingo there. Verse 15, though, I want to just draw your attention to that. He says, I am glad for your sake that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. 
Again, just think of the whole picture. Here's Lazarus. He's getting sicker and he's sick and he gets and then he finally passes away. There's great confusion in the house. You know, messengers are coming back. Oh, no, your brother's not going to die. You just imagine the hearts, how broken they are, you know, and that that guys, unfortunately, that's exactly what death does to us. You know, I, I was explaining to I think it was at a funeral, but I was explaining the reason we grieve over the loss of a loved one really is because you and I were created to be eternal. You know, and then death enters into the picture, and now we have to go through the experience of, the, of death, death of a loved one, and, you know, eventually ourselves. Um, but if you, But the death of anything can really bring in a lot of confusion to believers. You know, I don't mean just physical death, like um, the death of a marriage. And we all know people that that's had happened to, you know. A, a death of a business you might have started. I, I, my colleagues, a death of a church. It was flourishing and all of a sudden it just dies. And I, I don't think you can really sit down and try to figure it all out. Oh, I know that Jesus says, unless something dies, nothing's going to be birthed. Sometimes things do need to die, and then things are resurrected to life. And again, that's where we pray, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But um, the thing that I want to draw your attention in verse 15 is where he says that I am glad. I am glad. It might bring sadness to us, but see, Jesus looks at it differently. To Jesus, it's, it's, uh, it's an opportunity to reveal who he is. That may be through the death of something, that the, even a death of a loved one. Listen, guys, we don't know how he works. And we shouldn't question it. We really shouldn't. That's where faith comes in, man. Where we sit back in our chairs and we collect our thoughts. Taking negative thoughts captive, you know. And putting our minds, our brains on those promises of God. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll always be with me. Fear thou not. I am with thee. Don't be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you in the right hand of my right. There's promises after promises. See, the enemy comes in. And the only place he can get. He can't get to your hearts. He only can get to this cranium up here. And fill your minds with doubt, fear. And the next thing you know, you're going to feel abandoned. God will never leave you guys. And he will hold you with a right hand of his. Well, how big is that right hand? Well, the Bible tells it it holds up the entire universe. So you're pretty secure. Let's, let's look at Thomas for a second. Thomas, then Thomas, who is called Didymus, he's a twin, that's what Didymus means, says to his fellow, fellow disciples, you know, let us go with him that we might die. Now, listen, guys, can I just, I want to defend Thomas. I think Thomas gets a bum rap. I really do. And there's a few reasons why I think this. Number one, when the disciples were hiding, after the resurrection, they were hiding for the, the fear of the Jews. They would find them. They were hiding. Jesus would have to appear to them and say, fear not. The only one missing out of those groups was Thomas. It's, it's, Thomas didn't need to hide. Now look, I get Thomas where he says, no, no, I, I saw him die. I saw him being crucified. And, and unless I can put my finger through his, 
his, the, the holes in his wrist and thrust my hand up into it. I am not going to believe. So then when finally Jesus does arrive and appears to Thomas, and when he says, Tom, go ahead and put your hand, fingers through there and thrust your hand up under my rib cage. If that's what it's going to take, buddy, then go ahead. I have no problem with that. It wasn't a rebuke. So where my man here, when he says, you know what? Let's go with him. Let's all die with him. I think it was a kind of a courageous thing to say. You know, I always thought, how come the, the Bible never mentions his, his twin brother's name? Didymus. How many of you guys read out of the old king? God bless you guys. Okay. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think that... Uh, the new king says twin, does it not? If you're reading, it just actually comes. It's, but the Bible never tells us who he is. In fact, church, early church history, there's no mention of, of this twin name anywhere. So my conclusion is we're, we're his twin because we do the same thing. We'll have our moments, man. I'll die with him. Let's do it, man. Let's get it on. Let's get down. And then there's times where we are filled with doubt, just like Thomas. So I guess we're his, we're his twin. Anyway, so Jesus came and he found that he had already been, verse 17, he had been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women and and Martha and Mary um, to comfort them concerning their brother. Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. And Mary was still sitting in the house. Now, what's happening here, as I mentioned earlier, their custom was that if someone died in your family, that you would hire a, more or less a funeral company. And they would come and they would have their instrument, depending upon, you, you know, your, your finances. And they would have the guys throwing the dirt up and then they'd have the whalers and they would make a big to do over it. But they were only hired. That's what the messengers are hearing when they come back into town. But as soon as Martha hears that Jesus is making his way there, man, she, she breaks protocol, man. I mean, mannerisms and customs, she's off the chart. Number one, they're, they're custom taught you never left the funeral for any reason. And number two, a woman would never go meet a man unless, he, unless she was asked for. And she's breaking all those rules. She comes running out to, out to Jesus and I, verse 21 breaks my heart because I can I, and I think we've all been there where Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What do we do, gang? What do we do when when God does delay? When he doesn't show up when we think he should show up, you know, we've all gone through some great difficulties. We've all had our, our own situations where it just ushers in great frustration just wishing that he would do something a little bit more quicker. And we know that if he would just show up, it would be nothing for him to take. I mean, effortless, he would be able to just do this thing. You know, just speak your word. I'll know my servant. I'll live. I'm a man of, I mean, people knew this of him. And you and I know this of him. And here we go through these, these dark trials. And you're sometimes you're, listen, I'm not trying to play with your emotions, but I, I know you guys, there's people in this in this in this church that have sat in their uh, in their living rooms alone and waiting for the next treatment or that was just wondering when God was going to answer their prayers. And I get the requests and I get the phone calls and but God will never leave or never abandon. See, when I read this passage. 
it really does help me keep perspective when it comes to why God doesn't show up when I think he should. Why are you delaying? The first thing is we need to remember that God knows our situation better than we know know it. He, he knew that Lazarus was going to die. He knew he was going to show up four days later. He knew ultimately that the, son of, that, that the father would glorify the son and people would begin to worship him out of raising Lazarus from the dead. He knows our situations better than we know ourselves. Number two, that helps me keep my perspective straight. We must never allow God to delay or never allow God's delay to cause doubt about his his love for us. Don't start questioning his love for us. And that's so easy to do. He'd still love them. He still wants to be friends with them. He still wants to show his agape love to those that are kind of down and in their valleys. You know, um, it's not ours to question. And again, I, I, I can't, I, I don't like throwing out my laundry, but, um, you know, my mom, she uh, passed away. She was pretty young. I think she was 47. And uh, she uh, was having difficulty breathing. And uh, mom had a problem with her nerves. So she went to the ER and they thought, oh, she's just having another kind of a nerve thing going on. So they gave her a tranquilizer and sent her back home. And this whole time she had uh, a blood clot in her lung. And she died as a result of that. And I was standing right next to her when the Lord took her. And uh, I, I kept asking the Lord why. My mother loved the Lord, just worshipped him. And I kept asking guy, why, why, why? Well, my brother, Denny, he wanted an autopsy done. He just, he just didn't think things added up, and he, and he wanted to know why mom passed away. So when they did an autopsy, they found several things. But what they found is if she had survived that, the, the next couple years of her life would have been like hell. There was something wrong with her. So I guess I share that because God loved her so much. See, he knew her situation way better than I did. I would have kept her around forever. She was, she was my angel. And... Uh, but God loved her too much to see. So whatever we go through, see, all things will work out for the good. And it might not be the way we think it is, but ultimately Jesus will get the glory. And that's what the father wants for his son. Look, don't question his love. Don't question it. I know some of you are going through some hard things, but ask the Holy Spirit to help you. You know, because it says in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were still sinners, he went, he died, he paid the price. And the third thing I get out of this, uh, Sean, if you'll make your way out. But the third thing is um, God does delay in order to bring a greater good out of it. Like with mom, there was a greater good that came out of that. You're not going to see that in the valley. You're not. But we know the promises of God 
And we rely on them and we rest in them. And we can, even when the enemy, be, remember the enemy is the destroyer of your faith. He will cause you to doubt. He will cause, you just fight that warfare in your mind. And you keep pleading the blood of Jesus over your hearts and your minds. And get the, have the victory. You know, Jesus doesn't give us victory. We already have the victory. Does that make sense, gang? When Jesus said it was finished, gang, it was finished. Not almost done. Hey, lads, hang out for another eight days. It's almost ready. You know, no. Victory is ours in Jesus Christ. So where does it start? Where does it start? One word. Surrender. Surrender to him. Take it off your plate and put it on his. The word says to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. That word cares for all you guys right now that are anxious and worried. That word care in the Greek is anxiety or fear. Cast your anxiousness on him. And where it says, because he cares for you, same word, because he's anxious for you to do that. Let's stand together. Go ahead, brother.